0: Comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Erwick is gone. The canisters are gone. We've
1: got nothing here. Damn it!
0: are now on a secure channel and ready to listen to 24 the jack and chloe adventure cast this is a podcast focused on the fox television series 24 and its new mini season live another day i am Mail clerk aaron newworth writer for why so blue and host of the film podcast out now with aaron and abe and with me is also from why so blue and the NapTown nerd special agent brandon Peters. hey yo and from cine maxwell its senior director maxwell Haddad. tidings to all the events of this podcast occur in real time okay here we are. We're back. Again, this is the third episode of, or fourth fourth? Fourth. What episode is this?
1: This is the fourth episode, this the fourth episode of this episode, yeah. season of live another day. Uh, it is the th- sixth episode of our show.
0: Something like that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, it, yes, it is the sixth episode of our show. It's that two night from pre- it's that uh, the two hour premiere that throws me off for it's, labeling this episode. You
2: know, the show has been on
1: for Three weeks, but this is the fourth episode.
0: There we go. Best way to say it. And what is this episode about tonight?
1: Uh, In the episode we'll be discussing, the terror threat escalates as Jack heads for the embassy with the CIA closing in on him. Margot asserts her her authority with unthinkable force. Heller makes an impassioned speech to Parliament. Kate takes matters into her own hands.
0: Yeah, that's uh, that's all that happens in, in between two and three. We're still in the same kind of time frame here. We haven't hit that jump yet that we're kind of anticipating, but uh, we'll we'll see where that goes. But with that said, um, general thoughts on this episode before we recap it. Best
2: one yet.
1: Yeah, I agree with Brandon. I think this is the strongest uh, strongest episode yet. And and we talked in our uh, show last week about how good the last you know sort of five minutes of that particular episode was, and this sort of like takes that momentum and runs with it and that's part of why it it was as good as it was
2: this is yeah it's 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 basically 24 at its best like it's it's back fully now like there's no question that the integrity's like fully here and it's not just some nice you know nostalgia remembering i like these characters trip this is actually a really good season
0: yeah i think that certainly stands true for you know fans of 24 like we said kind of in the the episode recapping the premiere it's not doing anything that's not you know outside the realm of what 24 has done in the past but that's not necessarily a bad thing and i think it helps because you have you know jack the the legendary jack bauer back in action here and he is a very compelling character to watch and the fact that this episode features him a lot um, with you know little going on outside of his character this week um, there's something to really admire about that and it helps that this week does kind of bring us more to appreciate about the other characters in this, se- in this uh, season so far. I think the Margot plotline has gotten certainly more brutal and a little more interesting, I would say, and even hearing Heller, and we'll get to, you know, how he makes his, how he connects into Jack this episode, it's it's neat to see how that plays out. Like, there's a lot of things that just make this, it feels like the 24 we like, and it's doing a good job of representing that version, that, the best version of 24. Definitely. I guess we'll get into it more as we yeah, go. Over. Yeah, I guess we are just.
1: Yeah, I think it's a good point to uh, jump into our recap.
0: Yeah, let's do it here. Um, so let's uh, let's start. So the Jack attack from last week that ended last week's episode um, leads into the chaos that starts off this week, uh, as people are all running around. Jack's basically created a diversion. He explains that to uh, to Chloe. <laughs> Chloe's dealing with Chloe's dealing with Adri- Adrian. Adrian's saying that he just wants Jack out, which is why he was doing the stuff he was doing so far. That could change. We don't know. Um that's more of an assumption on our part than really what the show is having to offer so far, really, though. Uh, so Jack does make it inside the embassy. He gets to Tanner. Um, he, After basically knocking out a guard, he explains that he believes Tanner. He believes the story, and he needs his flight key, um, which is in the room with Tanner. That's convenient. And uh, he gets the flight key so he can hopefully decrypt what's on there and discover the truth behind what's going on and you know be able to present that evidence away. Uh, then... Jack yeah, pretty much tries to find a way out of the embassy as everyone's closing in on him, and that's our that's our first break. I mean, it's a pretty it's paced just really quickly. Like it's a lot a lot of a lot of things are happening, even even while getting kind of the the meetup between Jack and Tanner, and uh, having Kate and Eric like right behind, like trying to make their way in. Like there's a lot going on, but uh,
2: yeah. Well, I mean, I I buy that the key was still there, like you just said, It was convenient because he's only been there maybe an hour. Fair. Yeah. So it could be you know, the guy who transferred him still has the key on him. What it just happened to be a good sense of timing, I guess.
1: I don't, I don't even think it was, I mean, I don't even think it was a full hour. He was there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think the limbo or whatever, just like
1: when he arrived, it was at the midpoint or later in, in the previous episode. So, I mean, it it didn't even seem to me like he had been processed yet. It just seemed like he was waiting to talk to whoever was coming to talk to him. You know,
2: er, er, Early on, I was noticing a weird dynamic that I, maybe we've seen it before, but it, it kind of felt like with um, we had CTU versus like CTU going on because we have like Chloe's group open versus cell. like CTU, yeah, open cell versus the the CIA, which basically were like felt like two of the same group essentially working against each other, and it was kind of an interesting little dynamic that I can't remember if Twenty Four has ever done something similar to that before.
1: Well, yeah. You had- not really, and and yet you have two CTUS groups, and and neither of them use the the ringtone we all came to love so much. <laughs> yeah, which is a real shame, but it's I just mean, not.
0: We you could argue that the DC season tried to do that with the uh, who was Janine Garofalo. Was CTU was
1: Underground. CTU
0: Underground versus Janine Garofalo and the was it the FBI or was it CIA again? Um, it was,
2: it was the yeah. F- FBI, but I mean, it was it was like just like Bill Buchanan and Chloe.
1: Yeah, so it's I mean, like two full full still, groups yeah, for with sure, like yeah.
2: you know, similar characters back and forth. I mean you have uh the, the uh Michael Wincott Adrian character, um, and the Benjamin Bratt at the head of things, and you got the head tech guy that's you know involved because you know the one the one guy you have Chloe who's been involved and has a history with Jack, and then you have apparently this other guy, I can't remember his name, at the CIA that has a, a past with Kate who has yeah. who's attached to her. So it's oh, kind uh, of that thing working at the same time.
0: Is it Jordan? Yeah, Jordan. Think, yeah, yeah, Jordan. Jordan. Yeah.
2: yeah, yeah. But I mean, kind of. I kind of saw parallels going with both groups as they're both.
1: Well, and Telling I think supposed to this. kind of believe that at least prior to the debacle with her husband, Kate was the Jack Bauer of London CIA.
0: That seems very much the case. Yeah,
1: you know, both both characters, you know, stick to their convictions even if that means they have to
0: bend the rules
1: and the rules or, or, make tough choices. That's one thing I found uh, very compelling. And also I've been wrestling with a little bit thus far this season is, you know, Jack has always been something of an antihero and that his methods are not always morally right. Um, but they're, you know, to him, he's the, the goal is, is more important than what he's doing in the moment. And I, I found that this season in particular has, has kind of been stretching that with, you know, the, The shooting he did last week, and just he's he's kind of ruthless taking hostages, which we'll get to in a little bit, Um, you know. But with the fact that he's also now you know a wanted terrorist in the United States, it it makes it uh, a little just a little bit harder to root for Jack Bauer, you know. Which as a viewer is a fun place to be because it's you know it makes for complexities. He's not just a plain Jane
0: action hero for sure plain john playing jack
1: Plain jack <laughs> he's not a john doe with a gun
0: so after the um after the first break we get back to the uh the ahaziri plot lines um margo's told that yates overhead device will be ready in an hour and david's set to be the pilot we get to david who's in bed with simone and he's still conflicted all that sex and did not change his mind apparently what a thunk. Sorry, all that all that voyeuristic uh, <laughs> of sex that he had, um, <laughs>
1: uh,
0: but he he does he, his plan is to sn- to sneak out. Really, he's he's laid out that he's had a plan for a while now that he's that he plans to sneak out during a supply run, and he believes that he's convinced Simone to to join him. Uh, we'll we'll get back to that. Uh, Jack is now kind of. Not being able to escape the building, he heads to a communication room where he wants to basically send the flight key over to Chloe so she can then work with her open cell to decrypt, to unencrypt what's what's on there so they can then have a piece of software and so they can have everything they need to kind of hopefully solve the problem. Um, As this happens, Jack getting into the communication room means that he has to take a few hostages um, to buy himself some more time. He basically, he has a woman open the door and then Jack shoots the Marine, some of the Marines and swear in the chest and the vest. And right in the it. vest. And then yells that he has hostages. So that, now we're in kind of hostage mode at the end of the second break. Thoughts on Jack's actions? I mean, it's clearly safe stuff. Like he's looking and hitting guys square. They make a point square
2: in the vest. So just like we don't think he's really killed anybody yet in this season and then I, th- I believe later on he'll mention he just grazed the people he shot in the legs uh, last week, um, but he's being very very precise and safe with his fire- gun firing in this season so far. Like he he hits guys purposely square in the vest, and because uh,
0: you know Jack Bauer, he knows a headshot. Well, well, Heller has a great line, or Jack has a great line later when Heller asks him, how do you know those men are all right? And he's like, because I pulled the trigger. And it just like, that's that's a Jack power line right there. Yeah, exactly. But, I mean, yeah, he's pretty precise. And this sets
2: up a good, um, you know, 24 is always a show that's racing against the clock, but now we have a racing against the clock within racing against the clock scenario, which is super awesome because it takes time to
0: upload the. Yeah, it certainly gives us a. uh... Yeah,
1: I mean, if only they had a. a a computer with a dual core processor man why have to have such a standard computer in that room (laughs) american embassy really needs to upgrade their technology capabilities so that potential terrorists who are extracting data can avoid those tricky hostage situations that they sometimes get themselves into
0: the lack of being able to cut the hard line of course that's that was key as well
1: Yeah. yeah you know i i one thing i do appreciate um is that uh Even though Jack is, you know, creating these troubling scenarios, taking hostages, he's, you know, to the hostages in particular, he's, you know, being a pretty nice guy. Yeah. He doesn't want them too scared or or doesn't want the threat of violence to be legitimate to them. That being said, he needs the military guys to believe that he is capable of said violence. He's putting on an elaborate charade. And playing sort of both sides of the fence.
0: Yeah, he does. Let me get to the here, let me recap the next chunk of uh, yeah yeah of break and I can get more into that. Um, we get back from the second break and uh, we have some tea time with Margot, who's told she already knows, but but Simone comes to her and tells her what the, what what Naveed plans to do and sets into motion something there. We'll get back to that. We get Ooh. to see we get to see the end of Heller's talk, which apparently was quite stirring and wonderfully well spoken and how i predicted was very martin sheen west wingy because he was able to calm everybody and say everything he needed to to set things straight for the time being navarro calls in to to uh, to mark and updates him on the status which is not the best of news for mark um uh jack that yeah then jack does talk t- talk tough to some of the hostages or he talked tough about the hostages to the marines but he then ensures the hostages that they he just needs to say these things Um, we get some more of Tanner. Kate and Eric talk to him, and Kate believes him. He believes what he has to say. Uh, And then we get back to Mark, who then tells Audrey and and President Heller about the presence of Jack Bauer, which leads to Heller saying he wants to talk to Jack.
1: First of all, I was glad that they kept what we saw of Heller's speech short. Mm -hmm. Um, It was just enough of a nugget to get the tenor. the tone of what he was saying and not uh any more of a a time killer than necessary so it's like a shrewd use of of editing and and playing with time and i love how he sees prime minister stephen fry just cheering smiling and nodding he's like so into his speech uh, you know uh, i'm glad that the character overcame uh, any trepidations that Mark might have had about him.
0: Did you not think we got a little bit, like, cheated maybe just because the last episode ended on, you know, him being yelled at and him trying to I, gather himself and then we cut to, he's at the end of this amazing speech he apparently gave?
2: But, I don't, I mean, no, no, because you take a big challenge in making that perfect moment happen that you know, maybe it's not going to please everybody from audience perspective, but just knowing that he did it, that's fine with me. That's more I
0: of a devil's advocate question on my part because I I agree. I do think it you know was effective for what yeah. it needed to do, and Will Devane is selling it.
1: So. I, I, I was, was like, uh, in like the first five to eight minutes. I was surprised, not concerned, but surprised that we hadn't gone back to Heller yet, since he did close at the episode. But in this show, where you can have multiple events occurring at the same time, it can be tricky. To know in the next episode what you want to start with and what you want to come back to first, and I think in this regard, Jack's uh, you know break into the embassy and the what the fallout of that was far more um, compelling. I don't want to say compelling necessarily because I was invested in Heller's ordeal on an emotional level, but it was just more immediate plot forward. Yeah,
0: immediate. Yes. Yeah, I
1: agree. Um, Whereas Heller's was more. N- n- less immediate i guess and 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 thus i didn't feel cheated you know and i think it was i i was not expecting audrey to find out about jack this quickly into the season that's what happens
2: when we move it from 24 episodes to 12 things yeah, come to a much. much
1: faster yeah i wasn't yeah. I, I was
0: i wasn't expecting mark to be the one to flatly lay out that that's what's happening i think that's more of my surprise yeah
1: maybe you know he spends three episodes being so secret about it and then now he's like well you know bowers here took hostages
0: yeah
1: was waiting till i had it all together
0: yeah exactly
1: (laughs) he's a slimy little little man he's not gonna meet a good end no he is not tate donovan is is excels at playing slimy guys
0: yeah any more thoughts on Tanner, since I believe this is the last time we check in with him in this episode? Uh, he's fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know, there's not, yeah.
2: not much to go off of here. He's been very reactionary character
1: to a lot of things.
2: And knowing, quiet, he's, yeah.
1: knowing how 24 works, I feel like two or three episodes into the future, Jack will like be right on the cusp of being able to legitimately prove that he's innocent, and then someone will shoot Tanner in the head. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I, I do I do I always have in terms of kind of like the visceral viewer in me I, I tend to enjoy when a character's like I believe him and then you can like support that person but then get immediately frustrated when like Navarro's like I don't know or Eric just kind of stubbornly sits back like oh, you, what, what? like you just kind of
1: one of the like things 24th and now it's nine, nine seasons has used yeah. to create drama and that's disbelief It's like, you know, as an audience, you have all the facts because you see everything that's going on at once, whereas the characters are only privy to what they're privy to. And so whether it be Jack or in this case, Tanner and, you know, certainly many other characters in the show's history have been telling the truth, but people don't believe them. It can become very frustrating. But I find that frustration exciting in terms of the way this show deploys it. It's like Navarro thus far seems like kind of a moron to be in such a high position. Exactly. Yeah. But at the same time, you have to establish the context of the character and see where he's coming from. And, you know, we just, we pick up with Kate just on this day, but think about it. I mean, she was an excellent spy, but she didn't know that her husband was selling secrets to the Chinese. It's like that's a pretty major oversight. So from Navarro's perspective, it makes sense why he wouldn't be inclined to believe her even if she's done yeoman's work today and has been the only one who's right.
0: Yeah, that's something I can certainly accept. And that's why certain directors and the con- like directors as in directors of these agencies and the kind of context that surrounds them is more effective in some seasons than others. I think Brandon, you agree. I mean, McKelty Williamson in season, season eight wasn't yeah. really effective at all. Despite the fact that McKelty Williamson is a very good actor. I mean, it,
2: yeah. I think part of it is like they're not the cool characters. They're not the you know, the they they have to be the boss and make those like decisions. They make logical decisions if you're you know, a person in that position and if you look at it from that standpoint, but you know, we we're sitting rooting for Jack, we know all that's going on for real, and this person's just constantly in the way, so it drives us nuts. But they're they're actually being pretty true to the character and position.
0: For sure. It's a, yeah, I guess it's a matter of just finding that balance where you make them seem like the authority figure about making them seem too naive about what's actually happening.
1: Yeah, and then if you look back at this particular archetype, just as far as 24 is concerned, um, whether it be in a later season or later within the season in question, there's been some sort of turn or shift wherein that character becomes far more... Uh, cool or interesting or relatable than before like think back to the earlier years with um george mason
0: friend of the show xander berkeley yeah
1: yes, <laughs> yes. Or, or think of what happens with Chappelle, of mm-hmm. course and then bill buchanan i mean when B- bill buchanan first joined the show i hated him he was just the brick who was there to get in everybody's way but you know by the time the next season he was on you're like yes bill buchanan so i'm wondering where navarro is gonna go as the Next eight episodes unfold. If he's just going to be that sort of Jack Bauer cock blocker, or if he'll get his uh, come up, his like twist.
0: That's my uh, my least favorite uh, action figure, Jack Bauer cock blocker.
1: <laughs>
0: but um, it, it, um, I hate to speculate too much, mainly because we do it so much with Michael Wincott already. But Benjamin Bratt's not exactly you know a low lying actor. Like he's a guy that's. He's you don't done get things him to just in his career. Exactly. Like, yeah. you, don't, you don't get Benjamin Brad here just to stand around yeah. and be wrong. <laughs> so I'm very curious if it does, you know, have any turns going on or something coming down the line that's going to get him more involved in the action, which I'm sure it will. But we'll see.
2: And, and aside about Michael Wincott. Is it just me or has he aged into like a real life Eon Flux character? <laughs> I can see that because or <laughs> like... the way he's dressed too? I'm like he looks like a real live like actually like they based Eon Flux animation off what he looks like.
0: I can see it because of the kind of the lines in his face and it's not like and his a, lips and it's, it's like it's and... not a it's not a you know I'm not we're not talking down on the actor's looks or anything. It's just more of, like yeah. I see where you're coming from and I can probably I, I'll see if I can find something to put in the show notes car- like characters of Eon Flux but. I see it because, and mainly because I, you know, Michael Wincott, who for one thing just has seems older now. He just seems like physically old, like he looks physically older. Like I've seen him in other yeah. things where he doesn't look as old, but it's mainly because he's probably just a normal guy on this show. But I mean, when I think Michael Wincott, I generally think of a you know kind of long-haired villainous character, and here I'm just seeing kind of plain computer guy. So it's like, well, this is different. Very much so. Like I think the crow. <laughs> so that's what yeah. I think,
2: what I think Michael Wynn got. <laughs> I like the crow and like Alien Resurrection. I liked him in that,
0: even though a lot of people don't like that movie. I liked him. That's a it's a terrible movie with terrific character actors. Yes. <laughs> and Winona Ryder. Let's move on to the next uh, chunk of things because a big thing happens at the beginning of the next uh, segment. Uh, Nav- Navid is confronted by Margot. And he explains how he doesn't want to go through with things, but Margot puts him in a different position. Rather than just, you know, killing him, because that wouldn't help anybody, she obviously needs his talents, she decides to take her daughter and leverage her. Um, <laughs> putting it lightly, uh, she forces Navid to go through with the, thing, with the piloting the drones action by basically taking Simone, having a big man hold her arm, and promptly using a hammer and chisel to knock off one of her fingers, threatening to do more. It's a horrific sight to deal <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I mean, I watched Hannibal and this got me. I was like, oh my gosh!
0: It's the kind of thing where I'm like, like, first off, I was like, I hope it's not the hand we're taking here, because it, it wouldn't surprise me. I was like, oh, it's just a finger. That's still terrible. I'm still, like, like shuffling around on my couch, like, oh, God, this is going to happen. just the
1: way it came I, off, I would, just pop. I couldn't believe it went through with it, because I was like, that's your daughter! That's your daughter! She came out of you! <laughs> You're cutting off her finger. Margot Al Hazir is not messing around. No. No. You have, like, planned with your daughter to, like, fake it? Like, don't you have. Don't all arch nemeses and villains have, like, prosthetic hands lying around just for a moment, like, this? I was, ha- I was like, there was an
0: ounce of me waiting for that, like, drop to happen where, like, she'd just pull out the vegan and be like, oh, good. But, like, <laughs> that's so wishful thinking that it's, like, oh. So it
1: already, and it, it had already been established that Simone was, you know, fairly good at, uh, uh, camouflage and and lying about who she is
0: let alone so, upfront with you know the situation to margo <laughs> like regardless of it, she it makes me she wonder
1: knew. what margo would have done if simone had not
0: come to her first
1: come to her first if she had tried to hide it and let navid escape or didn't say anything oof and i think it would have been more than just a finger she lost yeah well moving on uh- <laughs> <laughs> we got O-F- moving off that, o- that that that, that <laughs> classic family moment really heartwarming stuff guys yeah we
0: get back to Kate who's trying to deal with the military or the the marines she she asks if she can talk to Jack she's not in position so she calls Navarro Navarro can't overrule them but she tells him that Heller wants to reach out, reach out to Jack so she'll be on the line so everyone's going to be listening on to this big phone call apparently uh at this point Jordan um who Brandon mentioned before he, he talk, he, he says some things that Navarro is like, you know what, Kate's been pretty right so far. Also, I kinda like her, basically. That's what it sums up. And, uh, but yeah, moving on from that, we get back to Heller, who is talking to Jack. And Jack lays it all out. um he explains his motivations, he explains what he's been doing, and he explains how he feels how, that he's been wrongly mistreated in his time between, you know, last being involved in, you know, America's con- problems. Jack makes his points, he argues for being heard out. Mark argues against Jack. Audrey's there, kind of like not freaking out, which is nice, and being more like, you know, Jack, he's he's pretty he's a pretty good guy. And Heller, Jack tells Heller that he's never lied to him before, and Heller seems to agree with that. But at the end of the, at the end of this break, Heller orders the Marines to go in and take him out, or not take him out, Would but you, take take him. I, in. I can understand where he came to re- like. He may have just
2: decided that his own opinion was and his daughters they were just too close to to the person involved that they probably weren't completely rationally thinking which you know normally it's like oh no heller what are you doing but you know you can kind of with all they've been through what's going on the best decision was for them from the character motivation was probably to take themselves out of the situation
1: right you have to imagine that if it had been anyone else besides jack bauer in that room first of all heller wouldn't have gotten involved of course yeah but secondly the action the protocol would be to take him out you know, they even say, I think it's Mark who says it, that Jack Bauer's been labeled a terrorist. We don't negotiate with terrorists.
0: Yeah, what helps is, I mean, yeah, obviously Jack Bauer's presence makes that, makes that a big difference. And Jack, this is the kind of thing that it, it makes me happy for the 12 episodes, which we've already emphasized. But the, the fact that we're just basically getting a giant, like, info dump of Jack explaining everything that's happening and there's no, like, time spent, like, between. There, if this was 24 episodes, we probably could have had a whole episode where, like, Mark, Audrey, and Heller are dealing with the fact that Jack's back. And we'd have some kind of thoughts from Audrey of, like, the situation and how she's been affected in her past by this and Heller dealing with it, too, before we finally get to, like, the phone call that happens in the later episode. Here we're, like, right to the point. And we're not getting, like, a lot of Audrey dealing with this, like, oh, Jack's back in my life, which we might later, but I don't know. But it's, like, it cuts right to it. And Jack makes, uh, he, I mean, he, he lays out his points in a very clear-cut Jack Bauer sort of way. And it's hard to, like, not believe what, even though we already know what to be true. I mean, it's it's hard not to be compelled by his situation and what he's presenting to him. Yeah, yeah I,
2: I was surprised he was just flat-out honest. There was just nothing held back.
1: You know, I, I found the phone call between them pretty much perfect in execution, both on a performance level and writing and uh, i particularly liked how jack basically said i've been on the run because you never gave me an opportunity to explain my side mm-hmm. regarding the events that occurred at the end of day 8 and it's true um you know so it was a lot of uh of you know long held feelings being discussed in a in a in a very quick efficient phone call you know you can feel the rich history between the two characters who also are currently at a you know a standstill and in a very tricky situation. Um, and it, it worked really well. One, I think one of the things I was most looking forward to about this ceil- season was knowing that Heller was going to be in it, was seeing Jack and Heller interact once again, because it had been a long time. And so I think it delivered.
0: So let's get to just the last batch of stuff that happened here in this episode. Chloe yeah. oh, asks Adrian if he knows any way they can help jack convince the government he's telling the truth he's no help but he's he explains basically that she he's doing everything for her not for jack kate tries to convince navarro that jack might be telling the truth and that they could use, lose a great chance of stopping a terrorist attack he says he can't help so kate decides to enter the room via an air vents on her own
1: um, convenient
0: convenient air vents but yeah, i mean air vents are air vents, right? audrey and uh, mark argue over what's happening with jack she thinks he has a personal agenda and a uh, certain Jack, while she's certain Jack is uh, telling the truth, the camera feeds are all cut. So Chloe can't help any longer. She thinks she, he needs to surrender. Instead, Jack just needs to buy as much time as possible. I think at that point, there's like there's only like five minutes left and there's like five minutes left in the episode. So it's like, all right, that worked out. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the the marine spot the Kate's like head into the room. Eric asks them to give her more time so she can speak with Jack, but they say no. This is an elaborate Call of Duty sequence playing out, because there's a whole breach that's about to take place, and I was really hoping it'd be in slow motion, but that wouldn't make any sense for 24. Um, Kate tells Jack that she she gets in after Jack, you know, shoots. (laughs) It's like, stop, don't do anything. Uh, She tells Jack that she believes him. She's unarmed. She gets inside. He tells her that he has less than five minutes, as I said, on the upload. She offers to finish the upload if he surrenders, and Chloe thinks that Jack should listen listen to what she has to say. The door is blown out. Kate tells the men that Jack's in her custody. She places Jet she gets Eric to get the cuffs so Jack can be placed in cuffs and tells Ritter Eric to get Navarro on the phone and then the Marines stand down. Meanwhile, um yates Yates machine comes on comes online and Margot tells uh the other guy, like it's not is it is it the son, I guess, or was Yeah, her son. It's her son, right? Uh, don't we have do we see him at all in the rest of this episode? I don't think we did, right? We we're just dealing with some other.
1: No, he's like in the background there, like tinkering around in the computer. Right. Earlier, on, he says like the device is now compatible with our infrastructure; it's ready to go in an hour.
0: All right. Well, yeah, Margo Yeah, Margot. Uh, tells her, to, tells him to look for the most ten heavily armed drones closest to London. And once they've been selected, they'll have Navid step in and take and pilot them. And uh, so yeah, that's uh, that's the end of the episode. So uh, yeah, Kate gets in and saves the day pretty much. Thoughts on that?
2: Interesting to see where it goes. Is she going to be sneaking around in the CIA,
0: uploading this? Um, well, there's only like five minutes left, so it seems like it's it seems like she just had to. Is there?
2: Does she have to? Is there five minutes left, or does she
1: have to restart the whole thing? You would hope that the CIA would have a faster processor computer than the embassy, maybe. Yeah. I mean, quick. it was
0: being up. I thought it was just more of a, as long as they don't let anyone else touch the computer or anything, like they would just
1: finish it. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, you know what? Now that I think about it, though, Jack was uploading it to Chloe, getting yeah. the house to her. Yeah. So ostensibly, Kate could have her little uh, analyst boy toy over there in CIA just t- take a look at it. Doesn't even need to waste the time uploading it. I have to say, out of all the new characters, um, Kate's easily my favorite. Um, besides the fact that I already have an affinity for Miss Yvonne Strahovski, who is a gorgeous lady and a very compelling actress, the characters is well written and and I, I like. I always tend to like the characters who can pretty much go toe to toe with Jack Bauer.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think she I shares that. She shares that in common with what you said before, with Jack's kind of the urgency of his storylines and how he functions in the series. So, I mean, it's having a character that's, you know, like that, who shares a lot of qualities with Jack Bauer in the same way that Renee did in the other, the previous couple seasons. I mean, that. Definitely. Yeah. Uh,
2: Speaking of her character, um, I know I pointed out one parallel I found already in this episode, but I found another I was thinking about with this season. It's interesting that both Kate and Margot are characters whose husbands are not present in the show. They're they're both gone, and they've they've both been brought up quite a quite a bit um, with their history. And one is trying to move forward against what the, her husband was, and the other's like trying to fulfill one's destiny. When they both you know were bad seeds type people, they were both villainous. But I find it interesting that we have two characters who have husbands not
0: you know something's
2: happened to them off screen. They're gone but we're we're constantly reminded of
0: them yeah that's that's certainly an element present there. What makes me what has me more concerned is if we're just being thrown the details of Kate's past or if any of that's actually going to come back and get us in the rest of the season of the show, um, maybe that would be a better argument for a whole twenty four episode season of twenty four but at the same time if we're going if we do have you know the basics laid out of this plot line i I'd imagine there has to be some sort of side side plots that might prop up that relate to, you know, some of these characters. I mean, since it's 12
2: episodes, I don't know, but if it was 24 episodes, I would say we would be a lock for some plot point that brings Kate's husband back to the fold and she has to face him for the first time since he's been sent away. Mm -hmm. But with only 12 episodes, I don't know. that. that
1: Based on the storytelling choices they've made so far, these four episodes have already been more streamlined than the first four episodes of another season might have been, except for perhaps the first, you know, even when we do cut away to other characters who aren't Jack or the president, they're directly involved in the threat of the day. Mm -hmm. And And I feel like it would, the stuff with Kate's husband was just a, you know, a way to set up the stakes and backstory of her, you know, her, as it hurts the ticking clock of her character. Yeah. And
2: I'm, I'm really, I'm, holding the hope that I think Margot may be our villain. Maybe we'll get like a a right hand man introduced later on or something, but I, I really feel she's the force behind it. And they're just kind of maybe showing where technology has come where she can just sit at home and be a terrorist from the computer.
0: Yeah, I mean it's it comes down to like the stakes that the show's presenting to us. Like if we're having a character that's willing to cut off her own daughter's fingers, then what's like the how do you one up that? And I just don't see that happening for this season of the show. <laughs> like what yeah, what's the what's very, the more malevolent force that could come in and ruin that? Well, unless it's on a very very personal level.
1: Yeah, everything this season is very personal. And to uh, to speak to what Brandon was saying, I I mentioned I think in our in our first recap show that the the plotline regarding the drones is very topical, and you know as we're learning more and seeing more of these characters, it, everything continues to be very topical and relevant to our modern um, this this the socio political you know state of our country and our world because you know the combination of the, the fact that Margot like Brandon was saying and her team can do all of this just from their their house. Coupled with the, you know, sort of anonymous esque computer terrorists or hackers, whatever you want to call them, that Adrian's group represents, it's a very it seems like pers- it's trying to paint a portrait of how, you know, how not how easy, but how you can do these things in this day without having to get your,
2: you know, have the headquarters. Yeah, it's a you know personal personal story about using an impersonal device to kill somebody. It's
0: kind of yes. Funny. Or at the end of the day we could just have Stephen Fry turns out to be evil all along. Maybe that maybe that's the uh yeah. <laughs> it's just, it goes really <laughs> strange. We've yeah.
2: we we've done the president, now the prime minister is the mastermind.
0: <laughs> um, any other thoughts on this episode? I think we've already said that we all kind of believe it to be the best of this of the season so far, which Best, I,
2: best of the Season and I, I don't know all timer, but it, it's definitely has the vibe of, you know, some of my favorite episodes of all
0: time. For sure, it's certainly quick paced. Like something, of, I mean, that's twenty four in a nutshell, right there. It's quick paced, but this was an episode where I was like, oh man, we're already at the fourth commercial break. <laughs> so quick, we're already... quick pace
2: with some shocking moments in it, and you know, like some questionable, you know, judgment calls as well. It was like, you know, everything you love about twenty four in one episode.
0: Yeah, ones that verge on the line of frustrating and idiotic, where it still maintains the frustrating side as opposed to going mm-hmm. just too far out there.
2: And, you know, you're nail-biting in suspense while, you know, watching these characters on a time clock while watching the time saying, oh, my gosh, we only got three minutes left in this episode. Mm-hmm. What's going to happen?
1: <laughs> yeah, certainly nothing so far has felt silly or useless or too outlandish. It's felt pretty composed. And I do have to say that um, I, I think Kiefer in particular has just been really, really excellent at finding this balance between, like, the badass take no prisoners hero that jack bauer used to be with this new sort of undercurrent of feeling like the country that he spent so long protecting has turned against him there's a certain melancholy on display that's a a new layer to the many layers of jack bauer i mean he's become essentially
2: what tony was in season seven
0: in a way way. disrespected despite i mean yeah obviously jack has Accomplishments far greater than Tony Almeida's did Despite the fact that there are people that love Tony I mean, <laughs> Jack bauers He saved a few more people I'm one than of Tony them. has yeah.
1: That all being said <laughs> Let's make a bet Do we see Agent Aaron Pierce Before the end of this season?
0: Uh, yeah, as far as Aaron Pierce um, I mean President needs security, right? You ask for the old pros to come back eh?
1: Or, more than that what I would do, I mean, if I were writing the show, Aaron Pierce would be retired and Jack Bauer would call him and he just, you know, coincidentally happens to live in London and the <laughs> two would team up, <laughs> you know, to take on, they, they are going to storm Margot's compound, the two of them.
0: We get some hints of Jack's buddy, by the way, too. Like, we just learned that, like, Jack saved his life, which is why he's working with him. Which uh...
1: Yes. And then, uh, Mole Watch.
0: Yeah. Who is the mole this week? I already said Stephen Fry. That's my pick. Who, who are you guys going
1: with?
0: I'm <laughs> go with uh, Adrian. Sticking with Adrian. All right. I,
1: did I, pick, I, I didn't pick, no you didn't Astrid, pick Adrian. Did I? You didn't
0: pick Adrian, though. No.
1: I still right. got to stand strong right at this juncture with no mole. No mole, okay. Which I know kind of goes against what 24 does, but... <coughs> do we yes. have
2: time for a mole? That's the thing. Well, do we have
1: episodes. time for a mole? Do we need? And Do we really need a mole? There's been no evidence so far... You know, I feel like as there could happen, but I feel like they you know, there would have been a leak at this point already. But maybe the fact that there is no mole is just as big of a twist as who the mole would be.
0: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. So we still got plenty of hours. Plenty of hours left in the season. And with that said, let's talk about what's gonna happen the next hour. Ah. Next week. An
2: unlikely duo joins forces to forestall an impending attack. The terrorist reveals her demands. The president orders a military lockdown, but it may be too late. And um, side note, mm-hmm. I have a couple friends at Fox. I was talking to them this, uh, this week, and they said this is
0: going to happen in real time. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> thanks. <laughs> that was close. I was worried for a second there. Okay. Well, th- thanks for that. And with that said, we are now nearing the end of our transmission for this week. Uh, feel free to email us, uh, jcadventurecast at gmail.com, or follow us on Twitter and on Facebook, that's at JCAdventureCast and Facebook.com slash JC AdventureCast. Um, you can also we're on iTunes, we have our feed on iTunes now. If you're listening through that, great. If you're not, we can subscribe. It's on iTunes and we'd love to get, you know, reviews and ratings It you know helps other people find this show since we since Maxwell Brandon and I do, you know, like doing the show, recapping twenty four every week, it'd be nice to have more people listen in on the fun. And of course, you can find other this this show twenty four Jack and Chloe Adventure Cast is available on HHWLD.com. dot com. You can find find other shows on that site as well, including Out Now, with Aaron and Abe, the film podcast that I host with my buddy Abe, as well as the Icapod Crane the show that preceded this show, talking about Sleepy Hollow with the same guests or same guests, same co hosts myself, Brandon and Maxwell, and um uh, which will return in the fall, and other shows about comics and TV and fun stuff like that. That said, where can people find more of your guys' work? Brandon?
2: Uh, uh, you can read my Blu-ray reviews at ysoblue.com. I also have a blog where I do a lot of film retrospectives. Um, currently doing the X-Men movies. Uh, that's Naptown Nerd, which is Nerd.blogspot.com, And I'm on Twitter at E.T. Peters.
0: Maxwell?
1: Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemaxwell or visit my site cinemaxwell.com. You can also check out my various work at theyoungfolks.com, where if you already haven't heard me talk about 24 enough, I have my uh, weekly uh, written recaps of 24 Live Another Day.
0: And speaking of the young folks, I do write for that site as well. I write TV recaps for Mad Men and the Americans, both of which end this week, actually. So i got to write about something new, I guess, over there. Uh, WhySoBlue.com, I'm also found on there, and my own personal blog, thecodeiseek.com. And you can find me on Twitter at Aaron's PS4. So, with all that, until next time, here's a fun fact. Jack Bauer has the heart of a terrorist. He keeps it in a jar on his desk. Thank you.